There we go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I am the one, the only, the maestro himself. And what better way to have a show than to have the OG of the WTP alongside me? And that's the man himself, Nightmare Jones. How's it going, Jonesy? Hey, what's up? How's everybody doing Not tonight? <sighs> We're ready. This is gonna be a good night. It's gonna be a good night, ladies and gentlemen. I am absolutely excited for tonight. We got Space Jesus herself, Billy Starks, on the show. Space One Jesus. of the top female wrestlers in Girl Fight. And we also have Evan Morris on this evening. But before we get to our awesome guests, we do also have to uh, announce a couple passings before we begin even, you know, our intro. Um, first one actually is... A frequent guest of the Wrestle Talk podcast, and that is Mark Morton, um, Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Famer. Yesterday, he sadly passed away at the age of 52. And also, unfortunately, the original assassin, Jody Hamilton, passed away at the age of 82. And our thoughts definitely go out to the family and friends of both of those fine gentlemen. Um, and they will both definitely be missed in the wrestling community and the world as a whole. With that said, I think it is time we kick off the show the way we know how, with our national anthem done this time by the one, the only, Nightmare Joe. Oh my goodness, you're really gonna put me on the spot, huh? You're really gonna do this to me. I want it to be, I want a tear brought to my eye. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe for the wrong reason this time. Oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Well, I mean, you gotta let me get my my vocal cords going a little bit. <clears throat> and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Something tells me that this that that audio is going to be up on the Wrestle Talk podcast Facebook page for some reason. I don't know why, but something tells me that's <laughs> that's going to happen. If there, I will admit, if there was ever a night that we should have had. Sound effects, this would be the one because I would have hit the applause button right away. Uh, and Haas would have hit the iron sheep right away. Right? <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Oh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's a little unconventional this evening. We it do is. not have our usual sound effects, but you know what? That doesn't make the show. You all make the show. That's exactly. right. As well as the following sponsors. We want to thank our friends at Everything Combat. King Cade, 
Esports Bar KC, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Productions, the FWWC, Wrath Bun Engraving, and Mi Fiesta. And hey, welcome Herb Simmons. How are you doing, my friend? Glad to have you tuning into the show this evening. Awesome, awesome. And of course, our dear friend Harker Haas is tuned in as well, and it's always a pleasure to have him. Absolutely. Let me tell you, folks, be sure to tune in on all of our social media platforms and hit that like button. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, we're there. So we're looking forward to hearing from you all tonight. Well, I think it's time for some high spots. Don't you say, Jonesy? Yes, absolutely. It is time for some high spots. And of course, let's go ahead because we don't have any of the music tonight, correct? No, we, well, we don't have any of the music tonight, right. so, but you know what? We got a lot of the news. We're going to go ahead and we're going to get the elephant out of the room. The biggest story this week has been the, the fact that Bray Wyatt got released. Now, as much as it sucks, now you may have a completely different opinion than what I do. Um, you know, you got to understand that the WWE is a business from the beginning, and since December of December 26 was unfortunately the day that Brody Lee passed away. But unfortunately, that's also the day that Bray Wyatt, in my opinion, died. Because after that day, he hasn't been the same. WWE hasn't really been able to use him. Um, his match at WrestleMania, everybody was wondering why he was so short and come to find out. You know, he didn't really even want to do the match at WrestleMania. So, you know, it's been like seven months, and they haven't really been able to use him. And, you know, they were paying him. I don't know how much that they were paying him. But, you know, as much as it sucks, I understand. And just know that Bray Wyatt's going to be okay. He's going to move on to other things. He may even come back to the WWE. There are a lot of wrestlers that, you know, have been let go and have came back. Look at Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe was released, and now he's in NXT. So hopefully that's the same thing that Triple H decides to do, because I think Bray Wyatt in NXT would be absolutely amazing. Imagine if they brought in Bray Wyatt and they brought in Bo Dallas and Bray and uh, their sister as the uh, uh Rindom, I forget what they said they were going to call it. The the Court of Rindom. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I definitely agree on that one. Hang on one second while we work out a little bit of technical um, kinks on that one. So this is how I look at it. It is unfortunate that Bray Wyatt got released. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, mental health always comes first. Right. And absolutely. And even if 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 he ends up in AEW, that that's great for AEW. But the only issue I have with that is that AEW can't continue picking up all these big names because what's going to happen is 
they're going to get oversaturated with all these big names, and then the smaller names aren't going to be able to be used anymore. Right, and that's one of the things about AEW um, that they are becoming known for is that they are usually able to have this homegrown talent and use former legends properly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, yeah, it's unfortunate, but you're right. Bray Wyatt, I think, has just not gotten over the passing of Brody Lee. And I'm not going to be, I can't blame him one bit. That's his best friend, you know? Right. Oh, absolutely. Death is, 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 you know, something that, that hits everybody differently. And, you know, so I, I totally get what, what he's, he's, he's going through. And, and I hope that, you know, he's able to, you know, take the time off and, and get himself, you know, ready to get back into the ring and wherever he goes, it's where he goes. Absolutely. He's beyond talented. And on top of that, he's just a very, personable guy it's just unfortunate how everything developed um and at the end of the day you know it was a it was something where they said that vince and him had had hot and cold relationship but at the end of the day i think this is an actually i think it's a good move for the sake of him you know for him as a person not as a wrestler that's what's important to me um so yeah, absolutely. Now, Joe, I'm gonna let you uh actually take the reins for a second while I get myself a nice set of headphones so we can cut out that skip echo. All right. So I should be heard. Well I do I do want you to give your thoughts on this one. Um, on this uh speaking of releases, kick us off with the thoughts of Ric Flair getting released by WWE. And I'll be right back. Um, you know, I I think that Ric Flair being re- released by the WWE is it, it's a big thing, but you know, nobody really it's it's one of those those things where uh, you know he hasn't really been been used since the the whole uh, uh, angle with uh, oh the heck's her name. Lacey, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans, yes. The whole angle with with Lacey Evans. And, you know, I, I could see him, you know, going to AEW as a a manager type, you know, kind of like what they're doing with, with Tony Blanchard and whatnot. So, I mean, it, it's not really surprising and it's not really shocking either. Right. I uh, totally... Understand that, and and apparently it was because Ric Flair had requested his release, and it was granted. But according to this latest development, Ric Flair actually gave Vince McMahon an ultimatum before he quit WWE. Apparently, it said that Ric was unhappy with Charlotte's booking, which look, she's like a fourteen-time champion. How the hell are you going to be unhappy with her booking? I like, don't, yeah, really? I don't understand how you could be upset with her booking when, like, she she won the title, and you know she's like every day or every single Monday night. So I'm I'm not sure how he's upset with with her booking, but it is what it is. Yeah, and um, on top of that, it says here. The story that was sent, according to Brian Alvarez of Wrestling Observer Live, 
is he sent a text message to Vince, which I just get a kick out of. You can literally just send a message to Vince McMahon. Hey, Vince, how's it going? But he says, you either fix it or I quit. <laughs> well, shit. I mean... Right? right? Look, apparently he's not the only person that's uh, asked for his release, apparently. Uh, from what I've heard is Alexa Bush was so upset with the fact that Bray Wyatt had gotten released. That she actually called, there's reports that she called Vince and has asked for her release as well. Now, I'm not sure if they're going to grant her release. They probably aren't going to grant her release because her being released would be kind of huge because, you know, I'm a big Alexa Bliss fan. And, and you know, I, I can understand why she she would be so upset about, you know, being the Bray White being released. But the, the bigger story... The bigger story that we have is the story about Adam Cole. Adam Cole's contract apparently was up in December. Now, you have all these people in the WWE, and they didn't know that his contract was up in December. Like, if Adam Cole wanted to be an asshole in January, he could have just stopped showing up. And he wouldn't have had a no complete cause or nothing. <laughs> right. So, but, you know, everybody seems to think that he, that, you know, that he would go to AEW, but my question is, why would, would he go to AEW? In NXT, he's like a main event caliber wrestler. Like, he's held the, the title multiple times. He's one of the biggest stars of NXT. If he goes to AEW, is he going to have that same type of fame that he had in uh in NXT in AEW. Yeah, well, you know, they were talking about that in regards to having Britt Baker join uh or have Adam Cole join Britt Baker in AEW. And the thing of it is simple. You know, you had mentioned it earlier, Joe, or if I should say he's mentioned it earlier about how WWE, or I'm sorry, AEW does not want to pick up every single star that leaves WWE. Because you have a lot of great homegrown talent. You got a lot of talent that's very under underutilized. Um, and you want to create your own stars. I like the way AEW uses their legends because, or uses wrestling legends because they put them in managerial roles, you know, and, or they put them in occasional matches. They don't put them automatically in the world title picture. Right. But, but as for Adam Cole, I feel that, you know, I feel like he should stay in WWE. I hope because he's never truly gotten that chance on the main roster. Right. And that's something we, we have to see. Now, we've seen a lot of guys get that call up to the main roster, and it fail miserably. But... We've yet to see Adam Cole on the main roster yet for a long, consistent period of time. And it's like Britt Baker said, he wants, he, she needs, she keeps the foothold on Wednesday night. He can keep the foothold on Tuesday night or Monday night. Hell, even Friday night. I don't know. SmackDown's a yay show, in my opinion. Oh, man. SmackDown. That freaking promo from Roman Reigns a couple weeks ago. Oh, my goodness. When he was talking <laughs> about missionary style, and I was like, man, 
He's come a long way, man. I tell ya. He really has. Like, I still remember that moment when he was talking about suffering succotash, and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh. You're on hold, Jay. Uh, you're on hold. We can't hear you. A little bit of technical difficulties. The maestro is, uh, has been muted for some reason. Uh, we're, we're going to get through this, ladies and gentlemen. This is live. So this is stuff that happens, uh, you know. But can we, we, we do? We just, we're just going to have to keep on and keep on and keep there on. Oh, there he is. There's okay. the maestro. He's back again. See? I knew okay. that you were going to come There back. is an echo. You know what? They, Renee is... Still can't hear you, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, so, you know, there, there's so much stuff that, that we could talk about that, that's going on in professional wrestling today. And, you know, I just feel that the WWE gets, that, that we live in an area where it's cool to shit on the WWE. Like, there are people that, that shit on the WWE for every single thing that they they do. It doesn't matter what they do, they still complain about everything Always. that the WWE does. And my thing is this, you know, I, I am a WWE fan, I am a wrestling fan, I am, you know, an AEW fan, and, and, and my thing is this, if you hate the WWE so much that all you do is complain about it and bitch and complain about it, then why are you watching it? Why are you watching something that you don't like? It doesn't make any sense. I don't like soap operas, so I don't watch soap operas, but I don't complain about them either. Yeah, I mean, okay. This is the thing. We've discussed this on the show many times. It is yes. hard to book a three-hour show. Right. And everybody's like, well, you know, maybe they should get better writers. I have a better idea. Why don't they just cut the damn show back down to two hours? You know how upset, believe it or not, the NBC Universal and USA Network in in executives were actually upset that Bray Wyatt got released. On top of that, we're bringing back a 55-year-old to face Bobby Lashley, who's, uh, who's without a doubt having the best reign of his career. And Bobby but, Lashley is going to destroy Goldberg. Will he, though? Yes. And I only, no, and I'm going to tell you why. And I've said this before, and we've said this before, because you know how WWE is. They would damn sure have Goldberg beat him. They had him beat Kevin Owens when Kevin Owens was at the top with the Universal Championship. Yeah, but with, with Bobby Lashley, it's a different story. With Bobby Lashley, they were wanting to build him up as a complete beast. And that's why everybody that he has came across, he has absolutely destroyed. And I think he's going to do the same thing with Goldberg. And I think that that's going to lead up to eventually a match with Brock Lesnar because that's what... That I do agree with. I agree that eventually this is going to all lead to a match with Brock Lesnar. But I'm going to tell you right now, I do not feel personally 
that Bobby Lashley will be any stronger or any better by beating Goldberg. Because I'm not impressed as a fan seeing a 55-year-old get beat. Don't get me wrong. Goldberg is an ass kicker. He really is. I mean, that is probably one of the most vicious spears ever. Um, my issue is, it all comes down to booking. That's all it is. You know, it's not about the wrestlers themselves as people. This just comes down to the booking. And when you're trying to have, like, all right, here's a perfect example. A couple weeks ago on Raw, they had uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander both come out individually and challenge Bobby Lashley. Yes. And then they ended up taking him in, taking him on two on one, and it was a squash. Yes. That's great booking because you have two guys with differing opinions go out there, try to take on their former teammate. And Almighty Bo- and Shelton Benjamin's a you know world class wrestler like a technical mattician you know, but didn't matter. Bobby Lashley kicked both their asses. So you know I have an issue with this whole thing with Goldberg, and I don't know. I just I want to see Brock Lesnar versus I do want to see Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. The that only, I do want to see. The only reason that Goldberg is wrestling Bobby Lashley is because. Goldberg's contract, he has to wrestle three matches. That That's in his contract. Um, I don't really see anybody else in on Monday Night Raw that Goldberg would need to face. I think that Keith Bobby Lee. Lashley... Huh? Keith, Keith Lee? Lee? Yeah, but if, if Keith Lee... So, my thing is is this. Last night, we saw Keith Lee against uh, Cross, right? Yep. Yeah. And that puts WWE in a no-win situation. And I'll tell you why. If Keith Lee wins, then you've had him beat the NXT champion, and people are going to say that Karrion Cross was buried. If you have Karrion Cross beat Keith Lee, then you have everybody complaining that Keith Lee has been buried. So it's, they basically book themselves into a corner, but it's a no-win situation. Okay. You know, it's like what you said earlier. No matter what happens, fans are going to be complaining no matter what. They're going to complain about burials. They're going to complain about either overexposure or underexposure. I mean, these... Look, like here's an example. There are people who want Drew Gulak to get a push. Where the hell are you going to put Drew Gulak on the main roster besides the 24-7 title? You going to give him a run at the Intercontinental? You going to try to get him on? But you have to find the right situation. Right now, he's you can't jump from him just running around the ring with Akira Tozawa and every all the other catering members. And expect him to all of a sudden get a major push. This is another issue with WWE. And this and this comes back to this whole thing about complaints. You wonder why all these guys are getting released, even though they're making record profits. Because they have too many on staff. They have too many wrestlers. It's not even just staff. Like We're, we're literally talking about, at one point they had 300 on contract. That's a lot. One way or another, you know, even for a billion-dollar wrestling company, that's a lot to have to pay, especially when you look at 
some of those pays, you know, the salaries that guys like Triple H, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Orton, you know, get. Um, so, yeah. Is it shocking that guys such as Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, and, um, hell, I guess, you mean, and Ric Flair get released, you know? I mean, Braun Strowman, apparently his contract was he was getting a million dollars. <laughs> that's how much his salary was. And and I'm like, you know, that's a lot of money. Like a million dollars, that's a lot of money. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. But I will say this. Can we be on an agreement that Reggie as the 24-7 is absolutely amazing? Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, Sin Cara uh, tweeted about him using the uh, trampoline, and I'm I'm like, Reggie's entrance is far better than Sin Cara's one. Sin Cara would just do a front flip over the ropes. Reggie does like a flipping sideways flip into the, <laughs> and I think it's so awesome that they're able to use his uh, gymnastics background. And, you know, the stuff that he was doing when he was in the circus in his matches, like the backflips and the... Right. I, def- I am very entertained by Reggie. Um, I'm glad he's getting to do things on his own. But I tell you, he is really something special when it comes to his work in the ring. And... Look, if him having a 24-7 title also means that uh, we get to see more R-Truth title reigns in the future, hell, I'm all for it. I look forward to it. Right? I say that before R-Truth retires and he gets put into the Hall of Fame, they need to give him at least one heavyweight title run. Just one. That, that, that's all that I want. Just one R-Truth heavyweight. Even if it's for, like... Like, only a month. It's still, as long as... I still would like to see at least one championship run with R-Truth. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, well, you know what, Nightmare? We got ourselves a special guest waiting for us. Uh-oh. Yep. It's our lovely first guest of the evening, and I am excited to have him on, and I know you are too. So, allow me to divulge into a drink of water while I get ready for my custom intros. Oh, there you go. All right. the best custom intros, always. Ah, thank you, thank you. All righty, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen... The following professional wrestler has worked in Metro East Championship Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Epic, Windy City Pro Wrestling, World League Wrestling, just to name a few. He has held the WCPW Light Heavyweight Championship, the NWA Central States Championship, the NWA Missouri State Championship. He has been at NWA Parade of Champions, and upcoming he will be at the Open Challenge at Pro Wrestling Epic's Virtuant Vendetta on August 7th in Centralville, Illinois. It is my pleasure as well, Nightmare Jones, to welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast the one, the only, Evan Morris. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, guys? How's it going, man? Oh, busy. 
all the time. I hear you. I hear you. So what's been 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 new, sir? How, how uh, what what what's new in the world of Evan Morse? Uh, it took some time. Stepped away from the ring for a little bit. Uh, got married and kind of just enjoyed getting in the married life, getting all that stuff going. Uh, kind of transitioned more into powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of getting kind of into the competitions on that aspect of it. Uh, just let my body heal up from some nagging injuries I had. Slowly making my way back. Okay, awesome. Awesome. So, one of the nicknames, one of the names that you used in professional wrestling was the name Evan Money. How did that nickname, how did that persona come about? <laughs> um, that one was actually a joke. So, I was 16 at the time, and I was, I was a smaller kid, uh, and I was trying to think of something that kind of fit more the smaller type stereotype mm. and most movies you see if the character's name is evan um they were smaller characters uh for instance the one that really came to mind when i was thinking of it was uh the butterfly effect with ashton kutcher mm. his character was always a, a smaller kind of guy not height wise but just physically and then i had this idea that i wanted to wear these armbands all the time like with my initials on it and when Eddie Guerrero passed, we had one of those EG on bands. And I wanted to wear that one. So I was like, all right, I'll go with like Gordon or something like that. And it just, it didn't seem right. So while I was trying to think of a name, I was at the uh, grocery store and I was getting me a, getting me a Gatorade. And I pulled out a $1 bill and that's when it just clicked in my mind. But Money. Money. All right. There's a lot of play on words we can do with that. And then it just stuck. It was supposed to be a one and off name because I had a feeling debuting at 16, my first match would suck. But when I debuted at MECW, the crowd really took to me and it just stuck. Nice. Nice. Now, you know, you are not a stranger to uh championships let me go through some of these championships you've been the nwa missouri heavyweight champion two times you've been the nwa lewis illinois heavyweight champion the nwa affliction heavyweight champion the nwa central states heavyweight champion the pw united states champion and the w the wcpw lightweight champion how's it feel winning all those belts like i would almost call you a belt collector uh, the first time, I believe the first title that I had actually officially won was the Windy City Lightweight Championship. Mm-hmm. And that one came after a very difficult time. Um, but it was, I mean, it was short lived, but I expected my first title reign to be traded. I was 18 when I won that one, uh, wasn't fully mature. Uh, There was a lot of backstage politics that really came with me winning that one because I wasn't a student of that school. Uh, And the show before I had won that, I had a very bad finger where they actually had to stretch me out of the building. Um, And so there was was a lot of politics that came with it. And a a lot of people felt their toes were stepped on saying, you know, you got hurt on the title lane that I make up for it. 
it wasn't the case. It was a putting the title on an outsider, basically, so I could put over one of their students. And that's exactly what happened. I won at one show. Two months later, we did a show in Toyota Park, and I put over one of their students. And I, I knew it was going to be short. And I, I didn't bother me. I was 18. I was like, I got plenty of time. Um, it wasn't until the Central State title happened that I really started to mature and really find out more that I was capable of doing in the, not, I wouldn't say a backstage sense, but as a developed character. I was always just that young baby face, pretty boy type guy, and I, I didn't want to be that. I wanted to kind of started being taken serious, you know. I mean, the the NWA comes up a lot of prestige. I mean, it's not what it was back when the Flair was champion, where it was very like, okay, if you go here, this is a big deal. And this isn't taken away from what they are now. They've really, since they had the the uh, split up with TNA, they've really grown back to start gaining momentum. So I, I applaud. Billy Corgan for the work he's done with NWA and what he's going with. Um, this, the Central States title really, it was an opportunity that I was given and I was blessed with because I knew the right people. That's what really opened my eyes to how much politics really play into the business. And I mean, I had been, I was 20, 20, 22 when I won the title. I was 21 about to turn 22. Oh, wow. And okay. I was young, and I, I'll be honest, I, I put in the hard work, and I felt I deserved it, but looking back, I just I knew the right people. But it opened up a lot of opportunities for me, and I've met a lot of nice nice people and good friends from, from just winning that title. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you you wrestled for quite a few promotions, and uh, one of those promotions is near and dear to the WrestleTalk podcast hard, and that's Dynamo Pro. Can you tell us about some of your times in Dynamo Pro wrestling? I love Dynamo Pro. Um, I never, like, I was consistent on their shows. I really wanted to be more involved and have more like storyline and more like like developing in there rather than just showing up having a match and that's it and i gotta have a little bit of that close to the end um before i decided to step away and kind of just settle down a little bit Mm -hmm. um the hardest part and and i understand it is looking at the ones that they were pushing and like that are like champions in there and that are more storyline driven with the company are their students and i get that um I'm in small town Missouri, so I'm not close to the city at all. The Dynamo Pro Gym is an hour and a half away from my house. I, it's, it wasn't feasible for me. Um, so I understood that. I just wanted a little bit of the character with it, and I'm not upset with them about it at all. I understand. Invest in the guys that invest in you. Right. Um, so I have nothing bad to say about Dynamo Pro. I've had other companies I've had disagreements with, just like anybody would. Nobody will see eye to eye all the time. But I've any bridges I felt I burnt, I feel like they've been mended. Um, and same vice versa. Anyone that I feel like burnt the bridge with me has has mended. I don't have hard feelings with any characters I've been or any companies I've been with, anybody I wrestled. And I know nobody's told me to the face that they don't like me. 
but I know there's probably a few that don't. And I get that. Nobody likes, not everybody likes Pepsi, not everybody likes Coke. It's, it's, it's whatever you prefer. And I get that. It's nothing personal. Okay. Well, I don't want to take up all of the time. So, Maestro, the floor is yours, sir. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nightmare Jones. Evan, it's good to have you on the show this evening. You know, you know, Joe had mentioned earlier about all the promotions you were in, but it's not just promotions. It's also events that you've been a major part of, and probably one of the most major events that you've been part of was the NWA Parade of Champions. Kind of take us through what that experience was like for you. Uh, it was cool. Uh, it was the first event I've ever been on that was on pay-per-view. Uh, it was on the Fight Network. Uh, it's not on there right now. I tried to search for it because I, I found it one month where it was like, watch this for free. And I was like, well, let me see if I'm on there. And sure enough, it was the first match. It was great. Um, it was the six-man tag. Moonshine Mantel, who's been on AEW recently, he was a part of the match. Um, my tag team partner was Shane Taylor and Keith Lee um, oh, before okay. they really... It was the first time I had been introduced to him because I was on the road every single weekend. I never really paid attention to what was on. I was more focused on just getting myself work. Um, so I knew that they were names, but I mean, of course, that's before as big as they are now. Like, you know, Keith wasn't signed to WWE on Raw. Shane wasn't having as much of a prominence on Ring of Honor. Right. Uh, it was kind of, we drove down there thinking I was booked. Somehow the communication got mixed up and I wasn't. And they knew I had held, like, I was holding the NWA Missouri title at the time. And so they were like, okay, you're already here. You have an NWA title. It's about the champions. Let's put them on the show. So they put me in the sixth man. And it was it was a nice experience. Uh, it was 2016, so it was WrestleMania week. It was the Thursday before. So crowd was packed. Jim Cornette was there doing a comedy stand-up right before the show. And that was hilarious. Um, got to meet and communicate with a lot of nice people um the event itself I, if if you get the chance to go back and watch and you find the match i would say it, this isn't something you normally would hear someone say is the coolest thing about that night uh, looking back at it the coolest thing i can remember about that night was i earned myself a bunch of mania champ uh, i was the heel i was I turned myself down, I threw the water, and of course I knew Moonshine Mantel from doing a Harley camp. So he yeah. was on the outside, I wiped my hair, I threw the water at him, and I went to take off, and the canvas was slick. And I slipped and fell, right there in the middle of the ring. Mm. So of course it started off with the UF up chant, and then Botchamania. And I can't tell you how hard it was to keep the laughter on the inside, and not my character. Because that was one of the things I never thought I would earn. But it happened, and I was like, that's that's my night right there. Not meeting Ricky Morton, not, you know, being on the NWA show, but I'm a black chance. That's what got me. There you go. <laughs> it, it, it's Expect the unexpected in the wrestling world. Yeah, yeah it's really never, never going to be 100% perfect, and that's, that's fine. You never know what you'll get. The best moments are unexpected. You know, you had mentioned when you were going through all your about your experiences in the wrestling industry that not all of your experiences were pleasant, and that's just the natural course of things. You know, it's not always going yeah. to be a great experience. How have you learned to adapt through those rough times? 
just by realizing that things personal. Uh, remembering that everything it's just business. Mm-hmm. So going to an event, getting paid less than what I was promised, stuff like that. I'm typically pretty lenient with that because it's not often that I get told something and it doesn't happen. Type deal. Uh, there were times where something was supposed to happen and something got in the way of it, like an injury. Uh, like I remember early on in my career, the first time I really turned heel, I was 19 and we were going to give it a shot. And the next show I was supposed to do was supposed to be a three-way ladder match for this company's title. Oh, wow. And uh, two weeks before the show happened, I had a head-on collision and I tore three ligaments in my left knee. So I was I was on the show for a year and a half. So it was just business. I get it. Uh, I, that promotion unfortunately closed out shortly afterwards. Um, there was a lot of things that were supposed to happen with other companies that didn't happen, and it was again just business. Uh, there was a story that was supposed to happen with MECW, and the promoter there I absolutely love him still going to today. It was nothing personal. There was the way I handled things. I was young. I was still in high school. We had taken promotional shots with the title that I was in the storyline with, and it was. Um, I wanted to take one on my cell phone, have it in the background, and kind of like just have it there, like, knowing, hey, this is a possibility of happening. And because I was, you know, 17, not sure, 18 at the time, it came off the wrong way. So it wasn't wasn't anything I intentionally did wrong or anything like that. And it wasn't hearsay, she say, or anything like that. It was it my age showed lack of maturity just for something I thought was just being simple. Run some people the wrong way and it happens. But again, 17, 18, you learn from it. Yeah. It's it is something that you just gotta learn that over time, you know, I think if anything, it's a trial and it helps make you stronger. It'll determine whether you want to be stronger or if you're going to be weaker. Because it's not these confrontations are not always an easy thing, you know. Not no. not getting the payday you want is not an easy thing. Um, having the rough experience with your fellow wrestlers is not an easy thing. So to still go out there, whether it be for the same promotion or for another promotion, and be like, okay, I'm back because this I was I was born into this industry to do great things. Like this is what I want to do. And I'm gonna do what I can to stick with it. So I commend you for that, and I know it because you're like I, what I want to consider a realist because it's not always the sunshine and rainbow track down the road, you know. But you still love what you do, I would assume, <laughs> and you just, you know, it's just some days are hell and others are heaven. Yeah, man, I've, I've the car accident really helped me open my eyes to realizing how short life was um, and yeah. how young I was when that happened. You know, I wasn't even old enough to drink when that happened. So it was something that I shouldn't have lived from, but I did. And it really helped me remember how short life is and not to take things personally. Just know that everything is going to happen for a reason, uh, whether I like it or not. And that there's always going to be more opportunities. And if there's not, oh, well, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, I and I totally understand what it's like 
when you know you mentioned with the car accident because it was about when I was 19 it was in 2014 I was driving home from college and I actually had a seizure while driving and crashed into a ravine and I you know I went I go on I went unconscious that's the thing like when I have my seizure I go and I did not know for the life of me how I got out of that and it was definitely one of those like you said those big eye-openers that really put life in perspective um, but it's definitely something that really puts things in a certain eye for you so I'm glad you're okay that's what matters most oh me know, too I'm, I'm pretty sure my wife is as well <laughs> Yes, I was gonna say that. Yeah, I was gonna say the, the wife might definitely be a little happy about that. Um, I have one. Oh, wait a minute. We have a question from the night owl himself. So the question is, what about returning to the ring excites Evan Morris the most? The unknown. Because this match, I mean, the last match I had was December two thousand nineteen. Um, against Ace Hawkins. And, you know, I knew going into it who my opponent was. It was someone I had been working with before and how long it had been since I had been in the ring here and there, you know. So, you know, someone I knew, so I was comfortable with it. I mean, I knew I wasn't in the same ring shape I was, you know, flying high and doing dives over the top rope. I knew that. Uh, just like I know the Saturday is not going to be the same. Getting into power lifting, I haven't been doing much cardio. So, yeah, I don't have the abs that I used to have. You know, I have a little bit of a gut to it, but it's okay because it's all a part of the strength training. Now, I've done a lot of different, I wouldn't say CrossFit, but more like hit style training to get ready for this night because I want to make sure, you know, now that I'm getting more comfortable with my body, my body's healed up and everything like that. I'm like, okay, I've kind of peaked where I want to weight-wise right now. Let me kind of cut it down a little bit before the holidays, you know, because nobody likes to diet down the holidays. Uh, but it's the unknown because it's an open challenge. So I've had some people kind of put their name in the hat, and some people kind of get ideas who would like me to face. Um, but there's still not a for sure answer yet. And we won't know until that night. I'm not going to let anybody actually officially answer until that night, but I'm prepared for everything. Um, it could be anyone, any, any kind of match, anything. I'm open for whatever. It's legitimately an open challenge. Not okay. I'm gonna open this challenge, but I already know who I want to fight. Like, no, it's it's completely open. Awesome, awesome, great answer, and definitely a great question. We also have another question here from Aaron Wallace, who asks, "How about if Evan Morris wrestles for Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling in the future? Would that be something that you would have interest doing, Evan?" Uh, I I don't ever burn bridges. I know a lot of areas here like to kind of have competition with each other and i know that there's some promoters that don't get along with others and i get that and there's some wrestlers don't get along with other promoters and other wrestlers and other promoters that don't like other wrestlers i get that there's it's going to happen just like i said not everybody's going to like coca cola yeah. um, there's been bad experiences that people have had with situations and it just it's one of those forgive but not forget type situations um, I'm not going to let a relationship with somebody hold me back from wrestling for a promotion because in the end, we're technically independent contractors. We 
we work for whoever pays us. And if exactly. the opportunity came for me to wrestle there, I wouldn't, wouldn't be against it. Just like if, you know, to be honest, the promoter at PWE, there was a while back where we had a, a falling out. Um, but we've both matured and we've, we've made amends. Um, I would consider him a friend now, but I know not everybody's going to make amends. And that's, that's just the nature of life. Uh, but yeah, if, if SICW reached out and was like, hey, would you like to do a show with us? It all really depends on the time frame. If I can have enough time to prepare for it. Uh, with me being settled down, I have a, I have a nine-year-old. Um, I had, he was born before I decided to step away. Um, he wants to see me wrestle one time, so like this weekend, but he's, I'm going to have him, so he's going to be at the show. But I don't want to... I'm going to make sure I balance out home life with it, because if I have my son with me, I'm probably not going to do the show. It just depends on the situation. But it's, it's not a matter of who's offering to have me work for him. It's more of a, well, is it going to work out and keep my home life balanced yeah i absolutely agree on that and it's great that you as an independent contractor keep that open and that's one thing i wanted to ask and then i know joe's over there sitting so patient and i gave him so many props for that (laughs) but yeah definitely the last thing i have and yes i promise Joe, this is the last thing i got um as an independent contractor what is it like for you to be able to go to all these promotions not be tied down to one specific you know, company to be able to go around the country, the Midwest, wherever. What's that like for you? Since I've been in the business, being able to do that, everybody, you hear all this talk now with AEW and New Japan having this open forbidden door. Um, that's the way it always is. Yeah, you have they have the contracts with it, but that's how we've always been. We're independent contractors. We get paid to do a certain job. We're not necessarily under like a workers union or anything like that we're we're paid to do that job now of course it's a paid by appearance type style on the independent contractor but you get to meet a lot of nice people you get to travel the world without necessarily being tied down to being in a company um so it it's helped me you know be able to branch out with the midwest of been able to go to canada all the way down to Dallas for WrestleMania week. It's it's had amazing moments just based off of the locations I've been able to go. Awesome. All right, Nightmare Jones, I'm going to hand it over to you, my friend. Absolutely. So I was going through some of your matches, and you have wrestled quite a few uh, wrestlers. Like one of those is Ricky Cruz. What was it like wrestling Ricky Cruz? Oh, I loved Ricky. Uh, he's he's one of those that I got to work with at Dynamo, and because of I I like to feel because me and him pun good matches is why I got put in matches with him at Dynamo because we had worked other places together like New Breed, um, a couple other other places besides Dynamo we got to work together, and we always had good chemistry in there. Of course, he's you know been in the business way longer than I have, mm-hmm. uh, but he's always been such a professional. And he's never let any differences come between it. Um, like, not everybody's going to agree on everything together. I've never had a disagreement with them. But I know it's there's bound to be something out there that we don't agree on. And that's going to happen. It's human nature. But 
he never let that get in between it. He's like, okay, you have the right to have a different opinion type deal. He's always been that kind of guy with me, and our matches were phenomenal. Um, I guarantee you, every single time we wrestle, you're probably going to see five, six matchups in that match. Because <laughs> every time, the way we posted with each other, I would be in the air for like three to four seconds every single time. Now, my back hated it every, every fall, but the visuals were nice. Right. So, um, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Go right ahead, sir. Um, I would probably say the best experience I had in the ring with wrestlers. I mean, I've got to, you know, not to name drop or anything like that. I've got to be in the ring with Murdoch and Ricky. Um, I've got to be in the ring with Keith Lee, Shane Taylor, and Shane Mantel. Uh, the best one I ever got to do, and this was as Central Stage Champion, was um, wrestle Rob Conway when he was NWA World Champion. Oh, wow. So okay. That okay. one was a very humbling experience. Um, I mean, I don't feel like I've ever had an attitude problem, but I it probably has come off that way sometimes. Um, he was very down to earth. He was in the locker room, was willing to talk with everybody. Uh, after the match, you know, he helped me realize what I could do better, what I couldn't do better. He he could have just been like, this is just an easy payday, the match, basic, you know, all that stuff. No, he he was willing to do extra to make me look good, and that's something I'm forever grateful for. Uh, totally, totally humble human being, and I can't say enough positive words about him. Wow. Yeah, like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything bad about, you know, Ricky Cruz and, you know, just, you know, some, 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 some of the wrestlers that, that, that you've had. And I ask this question to a lot of wrestlers, and, and, and that is, what do you hope that the fans get out of seeing the Evan Morse match at the end of the night? Um, I, that one's a... A difficult one to answer because it's been so long. I don't know how many people are going to remember me, to be completely honest. Now, since that area was typically where I was wrestling all the time anyways, might be some that do remember me. And if they do cool, and if not, that's cool as well. I just, I want to make sure that they get their money's worth. Whether there's five people that show up to the show, or 200, or 500, no matter how many people show up, I'm going to give them the best I can. Mm. And the match, I'm going to give them the most entertaining match. Um, anytime I go out there, if I'm in that ring, I know people pay their hard-earned money, especially with the way everything is. Money's tight for some people. And if they're spending their money out there to go do um, all of that, I'm going to make sure that they are earned out of it. So they'll get my blood, sweat, and tears for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, you got any more questions, sir? Yeah, I got just one more, and I'm going to do my best to save the best for last, although I feel like one of the ones earlier was better. Okay, Evan, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to ask you this straightforward. To you, what does being a professional wrestler mean? I get to be that role model. A lot of these kids look up to it like a real-life superhero that they get to see on TV or see in person. Something that makes them really open their eyes and be like, whoa, this is larger than life. Um, 
getting to see some of the faces that I've gotten to see like on the reactions just by me, you know, trying to be a nice guy and seeing how that really rubs off has, has really made a difference. Um, and even seeing how some of, I've seen other wrestlers look up to me and be like, hey man, this is really cool what you're doing. It's like, it's a humbling experience because you get to make a positive influence not only on fans but other wrestlers. And you get to make a lot of different, you know, contacts, whether they be contacts that you use in the business in the future or people who become good friends. Uh, for instance, a lot of, I don't know if you guys are familiar back in the MECW days and early IHW days, uh, my feud with Eric Allen. Um, me and Eric Allen, when I was younger, we, we beat the crap out of each other a couple times. Um, and one night we did a street fight and... I mean, he tried to break my neck with the chair. I hit him in the head with the guitar, you know, stuff like that. We made each other bleed, and we, we were feeling it the next day. Um, but, you know, when I got married, he was a groomsman in my wedding. So I've got to meet a lot of cool people. Even if we don't agree at first, it typically works out. Um, but that right. would probably be the nicest, the goodest thing, and the best thing about it is, is the rapport I build with people and you know, just making a difference. That's wonderful. And yes, I see that comment about Eric being the best as a wrestling artist. Yeah, I have, um, sorry, saw that one, Renee, so that made me remember. So, quick little side story about Eric Allen. Go for it. So when I asked him to be my groomsman, of course, as you know, being the groom, you get your groomsman a gift, right? Well, he shows up to my wedding, and his gift to me and my wife was a, um, just a black and white outline of me and my wife that he had drew of one of our nice. engagement photos. And that one was probably the most personal gift and the most like meaningful one that it's been up in our house ever since we got it. So he's, he's become a really good friend of mine. Um, but yeah, his art artistic skills are absolutely phenomenal. Wonderful. That definitely sounds like a, a fine gentleman. Um, well, Joe? Yes. I gotta tell you, it has been an absolute pleasure interviewing um, Evan. Evan, thank you so much for being on the show with us this evening. And, you know, best of luck as you face whoever you do face in the Open Challenge come August 7th. Um, but most importantly, I'm very glad that you've gotten through, you know, all the hurdles that you've gone through in life, and you're still doing what you love. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, if, if you guys are out in that area, come out to the show, because, like I said, I can guarantee you I'll be giving my blood, sweat, and tears to it. There you go. Oh, absolutely. And, folks, I'm telling you, that is the Pro Wrestling Epic's Virulent Vendetta on August 7th in Centerville, Illinois. That's right, Evan Morse will be laying out his open challenge in his return to the ring. Who will it be? Who the hell knows, but someone's going to get an ass kicking when they face him in the ring. It could be so. Gahagas. It very well could be. That's another name that's been thrown out there. So, we'll just oh, have to my. see what happens. So, Evan, before we let you go, we got to say, uh, we where, where, where can the fans find you on social media to where we can just um, follow up on your career? Honestly, I kind of, when I stepped away from it, I kind of got rid of all my social media. 
Okay, um, well, never mind then. <laughs> uh, I, well, there goes that one. I'm on my Twitter. My Twitter handle was at the Evan Morris. I don't know if that's still active or not. It's been so long since I've logged in. Um, <laughs> but I know they can find me on Instagram, everything like that. Uh, my Instagram, Instagram and Twitter are typically under my my real name, which I don't mind people having me on there. Facebook, I'm more selective on, but. All right. Well, that that works for me as best as we can. All we hope for is that you will be back on the show because we love to consider you part of the Russell Talk podcast family. Oh, definitely. Anytime. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Evan Morris live on the Russell Talk podcast. Evan, thank you so much, and you have a wonderful evening. Thank you, you too. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Peace. All right, man. What the first hour. Evan Morris well, and... It's not even over yet. We still got the Space Jesus Billy Starks. Well, we also have one other surprise guest. I didn't want to Uh mention this yet, but Uh we have a gentleman on who wants to talk about an upcoming event in his own regard. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast, the one, the only, Johnny Rocco. Hey, Hey, Rocco, how you doing? Hey, what's up, man? I'm good. Hey, thank you for having me on. (laughs) Thank you for having me on. Long time no see. Yes, sir. What you got for us? So, this Saturday, August the 7th, doors open at 5 p.m. in Ottawa, Kansas. Live smoker fights. It's going to be kickboxing matches in a ring with a bar. And a whole bunch of people getting loud. Wow. That's kind of dangerous, though, isn't it? Like, like kickboxing in a bar because, you know, people start drinking and then, you know, now, they get that, that liquid courage and, you know, somebody might, right, right. Somebody might, now, might try to step into the ring with Johnny Rocco. And, you know, I don't know if that would be such a good idea. Uh, oh, yeah. Nobody ever wants to step in the ring with me. I'm a beast. No. What, <laughs> I, what I'm saying is we're going to have – there's actually different schools, martial arts schools around Kansas City. There's some in Oklahoma, Iowa. There's other there's other uh, martial arts schools in, you know, this kind of world. And these guys are going to come together. And some of the students that are with those guys and some of those really fun kickboxing dudes are going to get in that ring and they're going to test themselves against somebody they've never met before. They haven't had a chance to research their opponent. Nothing. Anything can happen in this ring. Uh, a, a really well-practiced guy has no, you know, for before information uh, about his opponent. So there's some interesting things can develop right there. Now, wow. I have to ask you this, uh, Rocco, because Aaron Wallace says over here that you're the one that saved his life in professional wrestling at Christmas Chaos. Aaron Wallace. Well, yeah. Well, anytime somebody gets into the show enough to want to get in the ring with some really big, dangerous dudes, you know, it's always a good thing to reel them back in. So uh, Aaron Wallace is a pretty decent uh, person there. Awesome. Um, (laughs) Hey, you know – I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things you're going to see. The guys are going to be wearing Absolutely. Uh, these four, like 14-ounce gloves, okay? And then yeah. 
everybody's going to have some kick pads on. These are my personal ones. Um, they're going to have red and blue ones. Some people will have their own. Um, and then we have a really special match. A special match indeed. A, a match that's going to be for this championship right here. It's called the World Beater Championship, where this man, Ron Percival, is going to take on body count Corey Burnham. And they're going to be using these lighter gloves. And it's going to be modified MMA. So you might want to come out and check that out. Wow. All right. Well, Saturday, August 7th in Ottawa, Kansas. Yes. Kickboxing in a bar, basically. That's, I mean. Yeah. 115 South Main Street. One and if you want to find us, yep. If you want to find us, it's Dragon Smoke FC, or you can find us on uh, Gladius Promotions at okay. Facebook.com. Okay. So we do have a question in the uh, chat. This is from Renee Martinez, and he wants to know if the Civil Mountain Mafia is still alive and well. Oh yeah. Well, you know, anything you do, uh, the brothers are involved. So. Yeah, it's alive and well. Um, I'm definitely uh, I'm on a soft retirement right now. I'm not wrestling. Uh, I got really into this fighting thing, and um, nice. But I do have a wrestling promotion coming soon. I have a belt actually for that wrestling promotion. I've been working on this championship and this whole thing for years, and we'll get it probably this year. Awesome. That's further down the road. Further down the road. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Saturday, August 7th, Ottawa, Kansas. Kickboxing in a bar. You do not want to miss it. Sounds like a lot of fun. I like going to the uh, local Tough Man contest that they have. Oh, so yeah. If I was hey, you know, in, the, in the area, I would definitely be there because that's my if, kind of thing. If you're, in the, if you're in the Kansas City area, one thing you might want to get into is the local kickboxing scene. If you want to get in the ring or if you just want to get the workout in, a place you might want to check out is Dancing Bear Martial Arts. Dancing um, this guy, yeah, this guy, John, John Thane, runs it. He's the head coach, and they offer a lot of things there. Nice. Renee put it best. He says, John Thane, your boy's stepping, stopping in. <laughs> <laughs> you got to check it out. You'll get the workout of your life in there. They, John Thane, saved my life this aaron wallace that i say to his life john thane saved my life i can't barely hear you so i can't hear myself speak <laughs> absolutely right, well, we look gentlemen. forward to that i know it's going to be a big time success and uh hopefully uh not too many beer bottles are broken at the event <laughs> oh no no hopefully not a whole bunch there's probably going to be a few though Oh, and John Thane is actually here tuning in. Hey, there he is. Dragon Smoke FC. Dragon Smoke He is the man. He's the official. He has trained a lot of the guys that you're going to see there. So John Thane and Dancing Bear Martial Arts is really a a good thing to check out. All right. All right. Well, Well, thank thank you so much, Rocco. Absolutely. Pleasure. All right, August 7th. This Saturday, Ottawa, Kansas, you guys have to come check it out. Bell is at 6. First match starts at 6. The only reason, the only way that I would check it out is if the night owl, Renee Martinez himself, got into the ring. Now, (laughs) we can arrange to train Renee Martinez, right? And then we'll get an opponent 
We'll have him fight Juno Granger. There you <laughs> go. There you go. That'd be fun. I think that would be a good match. And we'll have him fight for number one contendership of the World Leader Championship. That's there right. Go. Yep, and Absolutely. I will make sure that not only – Renee made it clear, not only will we be dropping news about it on the Russell Talk podcast in the future, but I'll make sure – for us at Interstate 70 Sports Media, we'll cover the event as well. We'll promote it for you. So Okay. Well, I appreciate it. No We're going to live stream it on, on, our, uh, on our Gladius Promotions page. So okay. when you check it out, there'll be a live stream there, and you can enjoy the show. I'm looking forward to it. All right. All right. All right. Until next time, Johnny. Until Peace. Next time, Thank Johnny. you, guys. Thank you so hey, have a good night. Yeah. You as well. Be well. Peace. Giant Rocket, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, um, man. Awesome. Man. Oh, wait, I well, am. I'm excited. That that just sounds like such an amazing time, I tell you. It does. It really, really, truly, truly does. Well, mm-hmm. you know, before we maybe take a couple minutes uh, on a break... You ready for some shoot and shout? Uh, absolutely. Let's go. All right. I'm going to go first. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our Wrestle Talk podcast shoot and shout segment. Now, for those that don't know, this is basically about a two-minute period where the Nightmare Jones and I are just going to say whatever's on our mind, unfiltered, uncensored, whatever's pissing us the hell off for all the wrong reasons. And I'm going to tell you what pisses me off. And I got it loud and clear and loud and proud. Hey, guess what, fans? If Simone Biles doesn't want to compete because of mental health reasons, that's her fucking choice. Mm. Deal with it. It pisses me off to no end how people who sit behind computers and phones all day and night eating bags of Cheetos think that they can tell an Olympic gold medalist what she can and can't do. Yeah, exactly. Fire the shot. Fire Fire the shot. Okay, no, it's not even pistols. It's a fucking Tommy gun. This is really infuriating to me because you see it all the time. Okay, It, it just boggles my mind. Mental health issues are a serious concern, not just in America, not just in sports, in the entire world. And yet, there's something that is constantly glossed over and that people don't seem to care as much about. Well, newsflash, it's something that needs to be cared about more. She stepped away from what she's the best at because she cares more about herself than a little piece of metal that you wear on your neck. Good for her. And you know what? It's not just her. There's plenty of other athletes who have stepped away. Wrestlers have done this. Other, you know, athletes that aren't in the Olympics have done this. Stepped away because they want to put themselves first. And they, you may say, oh, but that's selfish of them. Okay, so when have you ever done anything where you want to take some time off? Okay, so if you take a sick day from work, does that make you selfish? No, you're taking a sick day from work. Because guess what? Your health's important, too. Everybody's health is important, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And if you don't like that, tough shit. And that's my shoot and shout. Wow. 
How in the heck am I supposed to follow that? Man. Man, oh man, oh man. Alright. So, well, first of all, Renee, the night owl, he has his own shooting shout, and his shooting shout is Chris Rodell's bacon neck <laughs> t-shirt from last week's show. This man would not leave Chris Rodell alone about this shirt. It's absolutely hilarious. And I'm glad that Chris Rodell can take a joke, but... <laughs> it's a oh running meme. <laughs> it really is. Oh. Or a walking meme, you know. <laughs> Alright, so my shooting shout actually has to do with wrestling fans. Wrestling fans can be some of the most infuriating people altogether. I mean, as soon as you heard that Bray Wyatt got released... The first thing everybody said, oh, he's going to AEW. He's going to AEW. Vince McMahon doesn't know what he's doing. Vince McMahon doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm going to say it again. If you don't like the WWE, then why do you watch it? Why do so many people shit on everything that the WWE does, And but they still watch it? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You're still giving Vince McMahon your money. It's the equivalent of being pissed off at your football team and burning your their jersey. They still got your money. They still got your money. You bitching about the WWE and then watching it every week does nothing. You're still giving the WWE your money. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And yes, I completely agree. All these people that are complaining about Simone Bowles dropping out, these people probably couldn't do a front handstand if, if their life depended on it while she's doing freaking triple backflips and triple side flips. Exactly. And, and everything else in a sport where if you mess up even an inch, it could be a career-ending injury. And I'll, 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 for example, there, there was a lady that was, was uh, a gymnast, and she was going through some things, and she was going through, like, vertigo and stuff, and she went and did the vault, and she over-rotated or whatnot, and she landed on her neck, and she broke her neck. She's a paraplegic now. Like, I mean, this isn't something that you just, that you don't mess around with. So, uh the hypocrisy of wrestling fans sometimes. That's right. That's right. What's up, hey, DJ's Big Sexy STL? Welcome aboard. Glad to have you tuning in this Welcome evening. We're always, right. we're always appreciative of everybody tuning in. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm just, the adrenaline is kicking in right now, and we're just a few moments away from Billy Starks being on the show. I mean... I just feel like rolling, still rolling, keep the show going. All gas, no brakes. What you say, Nightmare? All gas, no brakes. That's my philosophy. Even if you're going downhill, no gas, no brakes. Just Exactly. <laughs> Especially if the car's a piece of shit and there's no brakes yeah. on the car. But right? thankfully... Right? So, all right, you know, the first, so while we wait for our wonderful second guest, Miss Billy Starks, I got to ask, you know, we were talking earlier in High Spots about Ric Flair leaving WWE. Yes. And one thing that trended on Twitter during that time was, believe it or not, Sting. And I was like, why Sting? 
of all people. You know, you type it in, you wonder what's going on, and then it hit me. The last match in WCW in their history was Ric Flair versus Sting. And a lot of people feel that Sting and Ric Flair need to have just one more confrontation. No, I I, I do not want to see Sting in the I never said I did. I just said (laughs) they need to have one more. I'm 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 totally good with that. That can be their last match in WCW. I'm totally happy <laughs> with not having to watch Sting and Big Play Wrestle again. Oh, 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 okay. But let's put Goldberg in there. Yeah, uh huh. Then it's automatically okay. Well, I mean, it's Goldberg is, is Goldberg. <laughs> I mean, he's Goldberg. Goldberg's never been able to go past five minutes. So you know this match isn't going to go past five minutes, anyways. Like. WCW definitely 100% helped Bill Goldberg because they made him much better than what he actually was. Like he, they did. He, they really he's never did. been able to go more than five minutes. My favorite Bill Goldberg match was when he faced William Regal, and that's because William Regal decided that he was actually going to give him a wrestling match. Yeah, oh my goodness. that's true. And I'm going to tell you this right now before I put the Night Owls comment on. So you said that Bill Goldberg couldn't last five minutes. I think if you ask the right people, Ric Flair could definitely last more than five minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you ask he definitely the right could. people. I mean, the only way I could see a sting against Ric Flair is Oh, my is gosh. I don't think Nightmare of... Jones got that joke. I got it. I got okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Is is if it was a cinematic match or like the Night Owls comment? Yeah, Dolby here's his comment, folks. With Sting versus MJF with Ric Flair, I that would be Dolby, awesome. That I, I, I could see that. I could see Flair teaming up with MJF because he's already got Tully Blanchard there, so I could kind of see that. I could definitely. Definitely, definitely see that. Of course, that's going to be after uh, Chris Jericho faces MJF. Because we all know that that's what, that's what is leading up to MJF against Chris Jericho. Yeah, which, that's... Which, I don't believe we, we've actually been... We, we didn't talk about it last week. My goodness, AEW had a death match on live television. Yeah, we need to talk about that now because... <laughs> Domino's might not allow us to talk about it anymore. Oh um, my goodness! Like I never thought I would ever see a death match on live television, especially not in WWE. I knew that wasn't gonna happen, and I'm like, AEW really had a death match? AEW, like, match... yes, folks, had a death match. It was Chris Jericho versus who, Joe? Nick fucking Gage. Nick Ooh. fucking Gage wrestled on a. On a national television show. Absolutely. And the funniest part about it was they cut to a Domino's commercial where he's using a pizza <laughs> cutter. And Domino's, like, was pissed. They yeah, were like, they were. They... they were so pissed about that. I mean, we could have. they could have just said, oh, 
anything. It was like, here, we'll make sure not to do that again or something. Or like, here, we'll just say it was a pizza cutter we borrowed from Papa John's. I don't know. But yes, Domino's was pissed off to the point where they threatened to pull their advertising from AEW. And you know what? AEW seems to get into a lot of trouble when it comes to things with networks, with advertisers, but it always works out in the end. But it cracks me up that it was so comedic timing that you'd have the pizza cutter, which Nick Gage is literally famous for using in death matches. Right? Like, he's put it on Dean Ambrose's tongue, uh, David Arquette's head, you know, Chris Jericho, like... He, he basically is, it works in a pizzeria, you know, but right, and <laughs> it's it's just unbelievable. And most, go ahead. The the most funniest thing was was right after it was you know Domino's you know put up that uh, tweet. The beer company Natty Light said, "Well, if Domino's doesn't want to doesn't want to sponsor AEW." We're more than happy to sponsor them. And they put up a beer can with a pizza cutter taped to it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that is like, like, wow. That is the ultimate middle finger to a a rival advertiser, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, here's an interesting thing on the whole deathmatch conversation. You know, because our very own Aaron Wallace is always one for opinions. Look at this. He says he thinks having Sting and Darby Allen versus Attila Khan and Travis Cook in a Halloween death match. What do wow. you make of that one? A Halloween death match. I mean, look, just the things death match in general literally sends shivers down my spine. Because these are the type of matches, folks. And I know there's some folks that may not know what a death match is. Let's put it this way. You see a typical WWE match? Okay, well, that's not it. A death match literally will involve cheese graters, light bulbs, pizza cutters, barbed wire, C4 explosives, pickup trucks, anything that exists. I have a table next to me. That's used. Um, shit, somehow Nick Gage would cut up this water bottle and make somebody bleed hey, with it. Madman Pondo wrestled in the match where they had a a board that 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 had sharpened pencils on it. Oh. He's infamous for that. It it happened one time. He wrestled mm. one time in that match and he said he would never wrestle he would never use a pencil board ever again because why? He got lead poisoning from it. Yeah. It's true, and, you know, Nick Gage is another example, and they had a whole Dark Side of the Ring episode on this. This guy, he landed awkwardly on, like, a light bulb, and the damn thing sliced him open, and Mm -hmm. he literally bled to death. Nick Gage literally died. He died. And and he came back, and they brought him back to life, but for five minutes, he was dead. Yes, he wanted to get off the helicopter, go back in the ring, play it off as part of the story, and it's like, what? I mean, yeah, Pondo getting lead poisoning from using that uh, table with pe- with sharpened pencils. I mean, you got guys with, you know, bats with nails on them. I mean, it is just gruesome, gruesome. It's literally like a 
rated R wrestling match. And it's so fun to watch, I'm telling you. Fantasy booking the Night Owl against the Maestro in a death match that involves beer and tacos. Uh, No, this is... If I have to face the Night Owl in a death match, which I'm all for, (laughs) it has to involve Ethernet cables and headphones as well. (laughs) Ethernet... (laughs) <laughs> the Ethernet cable, shit, if you ask them, the Ethernet cable would be long enough to be around the ring. Oh, now, here's something Aaron Wallace says. I'm going to tell you this right now. Have you ever seen a kendo stick wrapped in barbed wire? Yes. yes. But I'm going to tell you a fun story. Well, it's not fun. Well, it's good. So I was, when I commentated for Dynamo Pro a few weeks ago, uh, and I made the announcement about it, Sadie Blaze says he'll have the kendo stick ready. And I told him, I said, you know, bring it. I'll take it. You know, it's like an initiation into a frat. You just got to take a shot. And he lines up at the event. He comes up and he gets so close and he goes and he stops right at the spot. And he goes, he notices I didn't even flinch. He said if I flinched, he would have actually hit me for real. (laughs) I I lucked out by that much. I was like, "Mm mm-mm. But I tell you, I... When my friends and I used to wrestle, we had a uh, kendo stick, and my friend Andrew, he raised holy hell with that thing. You had a few welts on your backs after taking those shots, and we were just, you know, kids then. Um, Oh, here we go. Look at this. So basically a video game deathmatch. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, and, you know, and, and... there's a lot of more regulations these days about them, about death matches. Um, that's why you don't see them on national TV. Even ECW didn't do nationally televised death matches. I mean, there's it's a whole different realm. Like it's <sighs> it's something you have to see to believe. I wish that New Jack against uh, the. Uh... Uh, uh, New Jack against Mass Transit had been televised oh. on national TV. That would have oh been amazing. Gosh. That would have been absolutely oh. amazing. Yeah, that uh, that would have been something. I think, um, you know, and the thing of it is, they are so lucky that there's even footage of that event. But oh, yeah. what do you expect when a kid literally lies about his age his background training, and he's going up against literally the one guy you do not want to lie against. Like, or lie to. I'm sorry. If there's any wrestler, and this is no disrespect to Nick Gage or Madman Pondo or, you know, any of those other legends, but to me, if there was one guy in the wrestling industry I wouldn't want to piss off, it would be New Jack. So what you're telling me is that you wouldn't go up to Nick Gage and say, hey, man, you're not facing each other. Can you get me color in the match? I. No, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) No, because I would have so much red on me. I could play for the St. Louis Cardinals. All right. Mm. No, I would not go up to. and, And on top of that, you know. Look at what happened with David Arquette. You know, he didn't want to get cut up bad, and damn near almost killed the guy. Yes. Now, 
Speaking of wrestlers that straight up know how to kick ass, dominate, and raise hell, it is time for our main event of the show. And I am just as psyched as you probably are. And I know just as psyched as she probably is. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce to you the Girl Fight Wrestling Champion who defeated Mickey Knuckles, I'm sorry, Joe, two months ago. She has competed in St. Louis Anarchy, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, Bizarro Lucha, Black Label Pro Wrestling. Hell, she's competed in the Cosmos because she is Space Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to introduce to the Russell Talk Podcast the one, the only, Billy Starks. Hello, guys. What's How up? is it going? Good. How are you? We're doing uh, all right. Good. Thank you. All right, Jim. We're going to start it off. Start it all off right. Soon. You want me to kick it off? All kick right. Why off. not? First off, how did it feel? And I'm only saying this just because Joe's right next to us. How did it feel kicking Mickey Knuckles' ass to win the Girl Fight Wrestling Championship? I thought it was amazing. I had such a fun time wrestling Mickey. It was my second time being in the ring with her, but our first singles match together. So I had a great time. Um, and it was just an uh, all-struck moment to win the Girl Fight title. Awesome, awesome. You know, you have definitely... You're definitely an enigma of yourself. You got that wild, zany spirit in you. You got the smile. You just got that great energy around you. Where does that come from? Like, is it just natural or like, is it, you live in your dream? Like, what brings Space Jesus, the energy Space Jesus has? Honestly, just my love for wrestling is where I get most of my energy. Uh, and then just people, I feed off of other people's energy. So, like, I feel like I can feel people's excitement, and it just makes me more excited uh, than I already am. <laughs> you know, all right, there's so many. I'm going to just get this quick one out of the way because, let's face it, you definitely, your career is so young. There's so much more to go for you. So I just got to ask right now where you're at, who is a dream opponent of yours in professional wrestling? Oh, easy, Millie McKenzie. Uh, okay. She's a UK wrestler who I thought was just amazing the first time I watched her wrestle, and I've like been watched all of her matches. <laughs> now, where did you? So, for your training for wrestling, professional wrestling, you said you've been a lifelong pro wrestling fan, which to me is always great because Joe and I have been wrestling fans for. A long time. I mean, Joe Pry for over 20 years. Me, definitely for about 15 years. God, that makes me feel old. Um, and nevertheless, for you, what type, where did you go to get your start? Were there specific seminars, wrestling schools that you attended to really help, you know, get you going in the ring? So my original training was at Grindhouse, which is a school in Jeffersonville, which is close to where I live. Uh, that's ran by Two Tough Tony, and I was trained by Rudo Lomata and Rudy Switchblade. Um, and then uh, I went from there and did a bunch of seminars. I've done a Gresham seminar. I've done a Michael Bennett seminar. The list goes on and on and on. And then I've been lucky enough to visit uh, numerous of the schools. 
Uh, one of my favorites was School and Bones. Uh, that's ran by Trey Miguel. Um, and yeah, uh, that's awesome. My my wrestling learning. What got you hooked on wrestling though? Growing up, I mean, was it just something in the family, or was it just look? You turn it on one day. Holy shit! Look at that. This is awesome. <laughs> So uh, my stepfather was really into it, who's Mouse, who's a wrestling photographer. He introduced me to wrestling, and I was like, this is amazing. There's violence. Keep it going. Um, and it was with WWE, and then I fell in love with NXT for a while. And then I went to my first independent show, and it just sealed my love for wrestling. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the same way with uh, me, except uh, unlike uh, me, you are a kick-ass wrestler. I'm just the guy. I'm just the maestro behind the microphone. Um, so yeah, my dad, my family, especially my grandpas, were big, huge wrestling fans. My cousin, you know, mom, and it, it, it's always great to get that feel for it. And honestly, you just get hooked on it, and you see how how they perform, and it's it's just all inspiring. It really is, and. So what what's that drive for you? What's that drive that keeps you going every day to, to keep working? Because like I said, you're, what, 19, 20 years old, if I remember correctly? Uh, younger than that, actually. 18, <laughs> 17? Uh, I'll be younger. 17 later this year. Holy. Nice. Shit. Now, okay, now <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. Jesus. I'm <laughs> If that's the case, then Renee Martinez is ancient, which is fine by me. Okay, so what's that drive at such a young age to keep you going in the in the wrestling industry? Just how, like, I find wrestling to be so entertaining, and it has, like, I don't know why, but I've invested, like, my whole heart into it. Um, and I just know that it will pay off. So I just enjoy... Uh, I don't know why, but like it's just the joy of like pushing myself further and further, and I know I can be one of the best someday. So my goal is to be one of the best, but you can't get there by slacking off. So my drive is insane, and I think my family adds on to it because um, they're go go go. So I've gotten a lot of that. Awesome, awesome. You know, and especially for you being in the position you're at, seventeen um, or almost being seventeen. And already having a professional wrestling career, you're already a champion. I mean, it's amazing. Congratulations. That is so awesome. Um, in, but on the side, you know, you still got the everyday life. You still got school and you still got, you know, those growing responsibilities. So how is it for you that you're able, because the a travel schedule for a wrestler, you know, the life of a wrestler can be pretty hectic. So how are you able to manage both professional wrestling and school and everyday life. Um, I'm lucky that like with school and stuff, my teachers are very like nice and help me out a lot with my schedule. Uh, like I talk about my freshman year, year of high school, I was wrestling. Uh, and when I would miss Fridays for wrestling, my gym teacher had the role that you need 30 minutes of working out. So I would send her my wrestling matches and she would approve it as my credit. Um, <laughs> And I always think that's funny. And then uh, just being able to work with people. So, like, I'd be like, I'm missing school this day. And they'd send me my work and I'd be able to make it up. And then my family have always helped me a lot with traveling and what else not. 
and keeping me organized, especially my mom. She has like my entire schedule written down in a notebook to make sure that I'm not going to overdo it with school and everything else. <laughs> She's definitely nice. watching out for you. That's great. I, I'll ask one more because I know Nightmare Jones over there, the OG of the WTP, is definitely wanting to get some questions in. So I guess the one I got is simple. Where did Space Jesus come from? Like you are part of like what um, some of us consider a wrestling supernova, if you will. So where did the whole Space Jesus come from? So Space Jesus actually has like a funny story behind it. Um, it's over this guy who was a complete mess, but uh, he had alien Jesus walking across water on his chest tattooed on his chest and we're like oh okay <laughs> so we nicknamed him uh the space jesus and jokingly at a show uh a ring announcer who was inside on like the joke was like who wants to be announced the space jesus tonight and i looked down and was like please do me please do me uh, and by the time I told him that, I completely forgot by the time I had my match. And then he's like doing my intro and he goes, Space Jesus, Billy Starks. And you see me light up. So I think the crowd sees me being happy about it. So they light up. And I was like, you know what? This is this has a nice ring to it. I'm keeping it. <laughs> nice. That is awesome. That's. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely when they told me that we're having Space Jesus on the show, I'm like, Billy Starks' Space Jesus, and I'm like, I cannot wait to find out how she got this name, because <laughs> I, that is, that sounds like, maybe it's because the Space Jam movies are out, and I got space on my mind, I don't know what the hell it is, but seriously, I just love your energy, and your passion, and it's just, it's just great, it's, it's keeping me positive right now, too, it's just wonderful. And with that, I'm going to pass it on to my friend Joe over there because I know he definitely uh, wants to talk to you as well. I do. I do. So one of my first questions is uh, you've, you've done some work with one of, of the big contributors to the Wrestle Talk podcast, uh, John Cosper. What, what, can you tell me some, 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 some of the stuff that you've done with John? Um, so John what? Uh, John Crosper writes articles and he's written about a couple different wrestling shows that I've been part of. Mm -hmm. um, so I just love the work that he's doing with that. Um, and I think it gives a great light to independent wrestling. Um, and he has great work in a few books. Yes. Yes, he does. Uh, some great books. Um, so my, my next question is, you know, you're you're the girl fight uh, heavyweight champion. What's it like working with Pondo? Because Pondo seems to be an absolute amazing person. I love Madman Pondo. We call him Mad Dad because he is a grumpy old man. Uh, but we love him, and I love everything that he does for women's wrestling. He truly just wants to make a safe uh, place for women's wrestling and, uh, and give a bunch of people opportunities. Um, I always joked that he was going to be my trainer, and that's how I actually got into my training school, was I kept messing with Pondo. I was like, so when are you going to train me? And he was like, actually, I know a guy. <laughs> um, so he introduced me to Tutas, who ran the school. And I was like, oh, this is kind of crazy. Uh, but 
I blame Tony uh, and Pondo for getting me trained so early on. Um, but I love Pondo. He uh, is just a great human being. Um, and yeah. Absolutely. Pondo, like I said, the first time I met Pondo was at the um, wrestling event in West Virginia on June the 12th and the 11th. And absolutely amazing, amazing guy. But speaking of that event, that was when you faced uh, a lady by the name of Judy Ray Hendricks for the uh, Girl Fight Heavyweight Championship. How was it like facing Judy for that title? Uh, I think Judy is a great young talent, um, and she has so much potential, and I hope that she keeps wrestling. Um, and it was also my first title defense after I beat Mickey to win the belt, so it was also one of those moments of, like, I better keep this thing. <laughs> Absolutely. you. There are so many different ladies in, in girl fight, like... like a couple months ago, when the first time I saw girl, girl, girl fight, I saw women by the name of like Big Mama and uh, Danny Moe. You know, what's going to happen if you have to get into the ring with somebody like Big Mama? Because that's a pretty big, big lady. I think we would have a really great match, and I would still have this title. If I can beat Mickey Knuckles, I don't think Big Mama's going to be much of a challenge. That's true. That is, is, is true. Now, I, I guess that, that my last question before I throw it back to Jeremy is, uh, when are you going to face Charlie Cool again? Because I would love to see you against Charlie Cool. I think that would be an amazing match. Uh, well, me and Charlie have faced several times, uh, but I truly don't know when the next time is when we're going to be in the ring together. We just have to wait and see. Oh, man, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. All right, Jeremy, the floor is yours, sir. All right. So you have wrestled, as I said in the introduction, you wrestled in so many uh, promotions around the area, around the Midwest. Um, what was your experience like being in St. Louis Anarchy? This has come from the guy out in the St. Louis area. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I truly love St. Louis Anarchy. They have an amazing vibe uh, there that I love being part of. And... Uh, they have also put me in like an interesting spot. I'm not usually a tag person, so I've been tagging with uh, Evan, who I just think is a great tag partner. He's always trying to make me smile, um, and I think we work very well together. Um, it's the same place where uh, I got to tag with Everett Connors and him, um, and I absolutely love both of them, and they've uh, made me love wrestling even more than I already do. And I think St. Louis Anarchy is just an amazing place that everybody should check out. Absolutely. I definitely, I've been to multiple Anarchy events and hell, I've been to so many events in the St. Louis <laughs> area from so many different promotions. It's just, whew. so when you beat Mickey Knuckles for the Girlfire Wrestling Championship, tell the audience, was it your first championship in professional wrestling? Um, it was not my first. So Currently, I actually hold two belts. I hold the new level women's championship and the girl fight title. Um, and then I, uh, I believe my first belt was at Grindhouse. It was the Grindhouse women's title. Nice. Very nice. Um, now, it's not on the 
in the comments, you know, the fans always, we love interacting, hearing from them. And like I said, folks, if you have any questions that you want to hear Billy Stark's answer, please be sure to share them with us. But we actually just heard from uh, one of the gentlemen who works with us, uh, Chris with uh, Chris Rodell, and he wanted to say that you are one of the – you have a bright future ahead of you. That's what it was. But you're definitely one of the fastest rising stars out there for sure. And, yeah, we're, we all definitely are just loving having you on the show. Um, so I got to say, earlier in the show, before we had you on, Joe and I were talking about – the safest form of match wrestling matches, and those were known as death matches. They're just so <laughs> safe. Like they, they follow strict technical rules. So I want to ask, you know, one of the guys we brought we went we talked about was Nick Gage and Pizza Cutters. So I'm not gonna ask if you've been involved with pizza, but I am gonna ask, have you ever had any experience like with around anybody involved with death matches? Like have you ever met Nick Gage or anybody? <laughs> Uh, actually, I shared a locker room with Nick Gage at St. Louis Anarchy when he was at one of their shows, and he's such a sweet guy. Um, and I also have been around a few other deathmatch people. Um, and then I ran into Ricky Shane Page when I tagged with him at JCW uh, with Connors. Uh, so I've been around a few deathmatch people. Uh, and then I used to go to IWA shows like growing up, so there's always Eden Rotten. Uh, who was a big old death matcher. Uh, so I've had that. And of course, Mickey Knuckles, uh, yeah. a great woman death matcher. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so I also got this question brought up to me. Tell us about the relationship, the bond you have with Kylie Ray. Oh, so I've been a big fan of Kylie Ray. I love everything that she does for. Uh, women's wrestling and just professional wrestling in general. Um, she's an amazing talent and one of like the top people on the independents right now. Uh, I just have this great connection with her because uh, we wrestled at Black Label and I felt like it was one of my best matches to this day, even though I wasn't one of the best wrestlers at the time. Uh, I think I was able to rise to the occasion because of how great of a wrestler she is and how welcoming she is to everybody. She truly wants the best for professional wrestling. In a wrestling match, it definitely goes 50-50. It's not just you having to be good. It's also your opponent as well. Having yes. you know the right wrestler to work with and somebody that you can connect with makes all the difference. you know. And so to have that special bond, and you seem to connect well with so many wrestlers, <laughs> it really definitely helps you both inside and outside of the ring. Um, so, you know, I mentioned other promotions such as Paradigm Pro Wrestling, um, Wild Championship Wrestling, and we all know Grindhouse Pro Wrestling, but then there was one that I had personally never heard of, and one thing I always love when it comes to the WrestleTalk podcast is bringing up either new promotions, new places, new wrestlers, anything to really bring in fans to places that may not be as familiar, and that is... Bizarro Lucha. So, so Bizarro that. Lucha really hasn't been running anymore. Uh, their last show was like March 13th, right before the quarantine shut everything no. down. Um, it was very fun and interesting. Um, they had a great vibe. They ran up in Indianapolis. Um, 
there was like a few different characters there that like were special to Bizarro and nowhere else. Uh, like there was Pizza Cat, and then uh, <laughs> which pops me. Um, <laughs> and then Pizza there's cat. so many people who <laughs> there's so many different like things that I felt like Bizarro had going for him, uh, and it was just a special place, and I don't think anything can ever recreate it. Yeah, I, I mean, sh- Joe, what is it with all us and pizza tonight? I don't know, but like, literally, I, I think you guys just need a mean Domino's pizza. Right? A mean <laughs> Domino's pizza, and you know, I, I'm I'm absolutely gonna have to Google this pizza cat because now I'm uh, intrigued. I'm looking. Yeah, I was gonna say. So I'm intrigued. You while you do that, I gotta ask. You know. What when you go out and when you head out to the ring, and what is whether there is twenty people or two hundred or two thousand, what is your ultimate goal as a professional wrestler and sit with the fans? What's your ultimate goal to get out of it? Honestly, just to make people happy. I remember being a fan myself once, and just being able to bring other people joy. Uh, that I once felt, I truly feel like that's one of my biggest goals in wrestling. And then it's also for me to have fun. Like, wrestling should be fun. I'm beating up my body, so might as well have fun doing it. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're going out, you know, you better uh, go out in style. Um, And I also want to say, on a quick side note, I'm looking at Pizza Cat right now, and I'm just... I'm... I'm 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 actually blown away because uh, Shotzi Blackheart wrestled as Pizza Cat, so I'm just like, yeah. What? There's also a Pizza Cat Junior. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you something. What would you say, both of you? I'm gonna just ask this to both of you. Imagine Monday Night Raw and Shotzi Blackheart comes on and she's as Pizza Cat. <laughs> what I are you gonna pop. say? I would totally pop for that. That that would, would be absolutely would, yes. be absolutely awesome. The, the match needs to be Pizza Cat versus uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Oh my! <laughs> uh, somehow though, they're gonna have a Pizza Cat Junior on a pole match. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the custody of Pizza Cat Junior. Um. So. Okay, you know, I have to. I also have to ask this, and then once again, I'm going to pass it over to Joe before we also do get into a little game show challenge fun. So, you know, you've had you've been wrestling for about three years now, and you've already accomplished so much. How does it feel for you when you've been touted by so many as one of the fastest rising stars? I mean, like, and and I don't, and I hope it doesn't. Do you feel there's any of that pressure that's put on your shoulders, or is it just like a badge of honor, or do you just brush it aside and say, "Hey, I, you know, that's your opinion, but I'm just going out there every day and making the most of what I can do." Um, I honestly think it's like I love that people think so highly of me, but I don't see that yet. In my head, I have so much further to go until I hit that point. Uh, but like, I can see what I've done um, and still appreciate it. Uh, but in my head, I always have like this list of goals of like, this is what I need to get done. Yeah. Um, and I feel like some people, uh, 
set the limits like lower for me because of my age and oh I'm a female and for myself I always set them so much higher because I know what I can achieve (laughs) very true all right, Joe, I'm passing it back and to you, my friend. I got to say, I just I Googled great Pizza time. Cat Jr. So <laughs> now I know who Pizza Cat Jr. is. Go to sleep happy tonight knowing that. <laughs> uh, and it would be an absolutely amazing match. So I guess my next question would be, how do you feel that, you know, you've been watching wrestling for a while. How do you feel that women's wrestling has changed throughout the years? Uh, I truly do believe that it's progressed so much than what it was when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, when I grew up, I feel like it was starting to hit that revolution um, because it was like Bailey and uh, Sasha yeah. and Becky and everybody else when they were first like in NXT and stuff. And you could see the growth happening. And I think women's wrestling is like better than ever. Um, and still has like amazing opportunities. There's starting to be uh, more all females uh, promotions. Like there's yes. Mission Pro, and then there's Girl Fight, um, and there's many more that are to come. So, what do you think about the NWA holding a a all girls pay per view? I think that's that's completely awesome. That's I think historic. it's amazing. Also, yeah, it's like historic for people. Uh, to have this opportunity, especially the women, uh, to have a pay-per-view dedicated all to them. Right. And it's being ran by Mickey James. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a really, really, really good uh, good uh, match. Um, so, one of the, the matches that I would like to, to see against Billy Starks would, would be Billy Starks against Thunder Rosa. I think that would be a really, really, yeah. really good match uh she just got signed to aew if i'm not mistaken uh she's she finally signed i would love to have a match with thunder rosa whenever the opportunity arises i think she's a great talent and we have never been in the ring together right that would be absolutely amazing so we've got billy Starks against thunder rosa we've got we got pizza cat against pizza cat jr That'd be a great show. I, you know, I got one other one. You know, when you're talking about good dream matches, especially for you, Billy. Um, you know, when I look at when I see you and I see your energy and the joy you bring, I th- I think of Ty Conti in AEW. She she has that same, you know, that great spunk in her. You know, brings so much joy to the wrestling fans. And honestly, both of you are so talented in the ring. So that'd be a match I'd like to see as well. So. But Pizza Cat and Pizza Cat Jr. can be on the undercard. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, all right, Jeremy. I believe that it's time for the Rest of Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Yes, it is. So normally we would have some amazing music to introduce this show. Normally we would have so much. And I got to say, it'll. our hosts don't usually win this. Joe recently did, I believe. Yes, I did. You did, and that was very impressive. Um, but a skinnier teeth, but you did win. But, yep, Joe, take it away. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. 
Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls with our contestants are Billy Starks, The Space Jesus, and Wrestle Talk Podcast own the maestro Jeremy Carp. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. All you have to do is just shout out your answer. In honor of tonight's guest, our challenge category is Champions of the WWE. I will give you information about three famous professional wrestlers who have held championships in the WWE. When you think that you know what I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. So it's pretty simple. I'll give you a couple clues. You shout out your answer, best two out of three wins. It's, it's pretty simple, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Until right. you get the wrong answer. <laughs> Everybody looks at you like you're stupid. <laughs> I, I wouldn't worry, Billy, because Jeremy... I don't think Jeremy's won a single one yet. Have you I have two won. It's just every time I win, uh, Dick Douglas has a shit fit thinking that it was rigged. So, <laughs> no. I have won it. I don't care. All right. Question Let's number one. This wrestler has held the WWE Championship on a record of 13 occasions and the WWE World Heavyweight Championship on three occasions. He will be competing against Roman Reigns. John Cena. John Cena is correct. (laughs) Jeremy Corp has gotten the first question right. All right, question number two. This wrestler was managed by Paul Heyman has held the most reigns as Universal Champion. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is correct. Billy Starks has gotten that point. I said it first. We are now tied one to one. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Jeremy's getting mad. (laughs) All right, question number three. This wrestler holds the record for longest reign as NXT Champion at 403 days. In Balor. It's not Finn Balor. Adam Cole. Adam Cole is correct. Uh-huh. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have this. We got one more more question. This this question is for all of the marbles. So here you go. This this is one this is the one for all of the marbles. This is worth 3 points. This wrestler had the longest reign as the United States champion in 351 days. Wait, held, what? Santino. Nope. He's held the Intercontinental Championship, the Wall Tag Team Championship, Dean the Ambrose. W... Dean Ambrose is correct. <laughs> Jeremy Corp has won the WrestleTalk podcast. Yes! I can't believe that I actually had to say that. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint you. We're never going to hear, hear the end of it. We are never going to hear... <laughs> Probably not. Hear the, the, the end of it. Wait a minute. I, I am getting news from the uh, oh, from, from, from the board. And dude... It was rigged. But, but the board is, is, is saying that it, the is board their, can... it is their decision on who is the winner. No. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the Russia Talk Podcast Game Show no. Challenge is Billy Sharks. I'm looking What's at the. You know what? You hush. I'm counting this as a dub for me. You <laughs> that, hush, that, that 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 is what. That is what 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 
Skywalker. Luke I have Roberts. the same. I'm a part of the same board as you are. Skywalker Luke Roberts sent me the message, and so did the Night Owl. They, 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 they hold that that distinct honor. And Billy Sharks is the winner of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. They can take that Ethernet cord. <laughs> Congratulations, Billy. Thank you. Uh, so I guess that the next question is, where is Billy Sharks going to be wrestling next? Um, this weekend I am wrestling at SEI Futures, which is a really big deal for me. Um, it's August 7th, um, and the next weekend I will be, uh, in the New Jersey area. So if you want to go check it out, uh, all the updates are on my social media, uh, at Billy Starks, B-I-L-L-I-E, and the Starks is S-T-A-R-K-Z. Awesome. There you go. See, she already gave us all of her information. So I was going to say, she is all set. She's ready to roll. Yes. So the last thing is just promise that, that you'll come back onto the podcast at some time because we would love to have you on. And it's been absolutely amazing tonight. Thank you. I would love to come back on and thank you guys so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Best of luck in everything. You know, you got such a high ceiling ahead of you, and I'm proud of you for what you've accomplished so far. We all are proud of you, so keep it going. Thank you. You're welcome. That's Billy yeah, Starks, ladies and gentlemen. Billy Starks. Jesus on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Have a good night. Have a good one. You too. All right, well, I'm sorry that you didn't win the Wrestle Talk podcast. I won. Show. You hush. <laughs> I, you, you, no, no. Uh-uh. I, I, I guarantee I, you I, if I call Skywalker Roberts right now, after we get off the air, of course, he will tell me that you didn't call him. I, if you I, can't I, call him earlier, how the hell can you call him? <laughs> I apologize, Jeremy. I know you really wanted to win, but, you know, yeah. the, these things happen. It, it's happened to me. It's happened to me. It's happened to the night out. It happens to everybody. You know, the only now person you know why the host don't win. The only thing, the only person it hasn't happened to is uh, Dick Douglas, which I don't understand how that oh, hasn't happened anymore. yet. Like, hmm. Very mm. true. There you go. You got to do that for me. Well, mm. I tell you, what a show. What I a mean, show. Evan Morris really poured out his heart and soul for a lot of the things he's been through in the wrestling industry. And Billy Starks, I tell you, one of the most energetic, vibrant people you could ever have the pleasure of talking to. It's It's been an absolutely amazing show. And you know what? It's been a blast from start to finish. So, Joe, do you got any closing thoughts before I close it out? Man, it's just been a lot of fun. It's just been absolutely amazing talking to Evan Morris and uh, Billy Starks. You know, I got to see a wrestle for the first time a couple, like, last month, so I'm, like, really excited about that. No, it was in June, uh, so, you know, it was absolutely awesome, and if you want the DVD of that event, you can go to uh, High Spots, and they've got the Zero-G tournament, they've got the Girl Fight, and they have the Deathmatch tournament, so you can... You, you, you can watch them all, or you can just go to uh, independentwrestling.tv and they have the uh, Deathmatch tournament up there already, so you can watch it there. All right. Well, before we sign off, we do have to give, obviously, one last special shout-out to both our sponsors and all of you. So to our following sponsors, 
thank you so much for making the Wrestle Talk podcast what we are today. They are Everything Combat, Kincaid, Esports Bar KC, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Productions, Rathbun Engraving, Me Fiesta, and the FWWC. And to all of you, thank you so much for tuning in this evening. It has been an absolute pleasure, as always. And he is Nightmare Jones. I am the Maestro. And remember, life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading. Be well and have a wonderful night, everybody. Absolutely. And always remember that Jeremy lost the message. I won! Good night, folks. Be well.